it took me years to find what my drag is and i love it i'm not changing a damn thing Good. i look sickening yeah. I look sickening <laughs> and I know I know my drag is good fierce 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 hello 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 I'm Joey Nolfi Entertainment Weekly's RuPaul's Drag Race reporter who's proudly never seen a single film in the Fast and Furious franchise but My general vibe has often been compared to the insanity of the speed bus jumping over the gap in the L.A. freeway. I love that you, L.A. famously only has one freeway. (laughs) Um, And I'm Jillian Cederholm. The shot is silent. I'm not really Entertainment Weekly's news director. I'm more of a nosy-ass bitch. (laughs) Wait, Jillian, did you just bully yourself because we need to turn the tide? Because I've been accused of publicly bullying you. <laughs> oh, yes. My my bully and my tormentor. So now you're bullying yourself. Um, glad to see those those tables have turned. There's no better place um, to bully oneself than the location we are today. Because before we get to our interview with Kahana Montrese, on today's episode of Quick Track, I must inform you before you see it on the 5 o'clock news that we are lined up on the corner of San Vicente and Santa Monica breaking several many laws, doing illegal crime on the streets as we prepare for an all-star actual literal drag race in celebration of Lala Ree's golf cart. Jillian and I are currently getting into quick drag in the back of Angina's All-Stars 1 van. Do you have your comedy stunts ready, girl? Honey, I was born ready. Yes, Angina, we do. <laughs> and it appears that our call for vehicular chaos has beckoned other automobiles from Drag Race Street to the starting line. We are currently holding up traffic as challengers line up next to us, all in the last five seconds, emerging from the annals of Los Angeles for this duel. Our La La Ree and her golf cart, Lux Noir London and Love Connie and their golf cart, Delta Work driving the other All-Stars 1 van, and Evie Oddly's teeny tiny little boa car from her season 11 entrance. <laughs> This is the only Mario Kart I would ever play. All right, Angina, hit it. I'm trying. There's traffic. Thank you, Angina, for that marvelous introduction. We have now arrived safely at our destination at the clinic on the corner of San Vicente and Santa Monica, though it took us 900 minutes to get there, as Jillian famously did investigative journalism on EW's Binge podcast to uncover that the road trip that allegedly took Angina like six hours to do on All Stars 1. Really, what did it take, Jillian? How many minutes? I can't remember. I feel like it took maybe like five minutes, but I do drive like I'm in a Fast and Furious movie. All right, ladies, killing with bunnies. Good luck. Jillian also thinks that she has a secret turbo mode in her car. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do. You do. One time I was, when I got over my huge, humongous, lifelong fear of flying last summer to go to LA, uh, Jillian was taking me to, where were you taking me? Oh, the train station so I could go to Disneyland. And I remember you you had a the little thing in the middle of your car and you were like okay, shifting it's it. It's a stick shift, a little thing. Well, yes, but you were you were like... 
using it, but using it in a way that did not like benefit your car. You were just like, oh, if I put it back this way, this is turbo mode. Well, it was like, what? I mean, in my defense, it's fun. <laughs> it was extremely fun. I wish I could drive a, a real a, a manual. I don't know how to drive a stick shift, but there's that little a sports mode, which I call turbo mode. And sometimes I just shift it into gear if I want to drive faster. It makes me feel like my car is launching. But we were going on like tiny little side streets and it's like. But did you make that? Did you make your train on time or did you not? I did. Yes. All all thanks to Jilly and Closet Twisted Metal video game that I used to play back when I was like seven. Um, I hope that to that person who accused me of bullying you that this fulfills this week's bullying quotient. Um, so let's move on to this recap, though. Um, <laughs> okay. So we did just commit crime, but let's get into another episode that was criminal in many ways, mostly because of how unlawfully funny it was, but also because of some shenanigans I noticed in the very <laughs> beginning. And I know I texted you and like really built this up saying I've uncovered a conspiracy, but... Yes. And this is the very first time that I am listening to this because I made Jillian keep it a secret. I was like, save it for the podcast. I need to know it. I, my reaction in real time. Yeah. Okay. And so now it's going to be such a letdown because I also don't <sighs> know if it's something that always happens and we've just never noticed. But when, I haven't seen anyone talking about this. When the queens come back in the workroom after elimination and to read the mirror message and count lipsticks, James's big pink monster puppet caught my eye. It was in the background. And I'm like, hold on, that is definitely uh -huh. James's monster puppet. So I did my classic freeze frame technique and was going every frame by frame. <laughs> and indeed, her puppet was there. A, a shelf full of blonde wigs was still there, all while she had apparently just left. So then I went back and <gasps> rewatched Untucked from last week, freeze framed it. And did they show her packing it? And she pa like she packed the whole thing. Her <gasps> shelves were gone. And she had taken over Darian's area. So, I mean, I still, you've been in the workroom, so maybe you have a better sense of the space. Yeah. I, every time I'm always trying to like figure out whose stuff is where, like when they're panning, but this is the easiest one to spot because the door that they, that the Queens all come in and out of immediately to the left is Lala and then James and then was Darian and James has taken over Darian's whole side. So you can tell it's James because it's just all blonde wigs and yeah. a giant monster head. And so in Untucked, she packed all of her stuff. It was gone. And then in, and then maybe there was like one or two like mannequin heads or whatever there in that whole spot was like emptied. And then huh. in the beginning of this episode, like about half of her wigs are still there and this giant monster head. And I also noticed like we, I don't think we've ever seen them do their lipstick message before. So, I mean, apparently in this reality behind the scenes or whatever, like she did the, the lipstick message, took some of her stuff. Maybe she took her stuff to the fames game or left the fames, fame games. What is it? Fames game mm -hmm. stuff. Fame there. games. <laughs> I still don't know what I it is. I can't laugh at that. I can't <laughs> laugh at that. <laughs> but I, I don't know. So I was like, and so now I've like taken a bunch of freeze frames of the end of this to see if any of Kahana's stuff is still visible in the beginning of the next episode because we're going to figure this out. Yes. Okay. The conspiracy heatens up or heatens up, heats up. Heatens up. Not heatens, Patricia dragons. Heatens up. 
Patricia Heaton's up. Okay, yes, we are going to keep our eye on this for next episode. Um, that's interesting. As to, I don't know what the benefit of maybe just for timing that they're filming that. Like they just would rather have all the queens come in right away, film that thing, and then I don't know. Yeah, so that's, they can get out of drag. I mean, it, it makes sense. Like you're making a TV show, yeah. so it's not really like that, and it's not like James mm-hmm. is like in the back while they're doing it, like packing her stuff. She's definitely at least done <laughs> that a, would be done, really funny. That would actually be great. I would love that. <laughs> And there's like you're not allowed to talk, and she's just like silently yes. listening to them capitalistics. <laughs> okay, next season. I would love that. Okay, so sorry I derailed us, but maybe it was worth it. Um, so episode seven of All Stars Eight also began with some of the most intense workroom drama of Oof. the season. The queens got their prompt for this week's improv acting challenge, Forensic Queens which would see them playing various characters attempting to solve the murder of Lil Poundcake. I have been so excited since I saw this episode description. Oh, and Lil Poundcake is here with me. My baby. Oh, so Alexis stole your missed title. Um, So role selection went smoothly until Candy and Alexis butted heads over their preferred role with Alexis ending up crying yet again and giving the role up to Candy, (laughs) which clearly upset Candy, who said she was sick of the bullshit and dramatics and dramatically got up and walked away. Uh, Later, Kahana (laughs) was dreading the thought of another acting challenge, said she was shaking in her boots because of her history with doing poorly in them. And she eventually said that she wanted to quit the competition and began packing all her shit up, too. So, Joey, were you living for this drama or was this too much? Oh, no. I was so living for this. I am going to say this for like the 900th time on this podcast this season. I don't know what season other people are watching because this season is so fucking good. This drama is amazing. Like, when have we ever had, we'll get to this in a little bit, but I'm just saying, how could you not live for this drama that prompts RuPaul to get up from, you know she was out of that suit. You know she was backstage in her sweatpants and a robe, and you know somebody, one of the gay production assistants, ran over there and was like, Ru, she emergency. And uh, it was probably Jessica Wilde. (laughs) Um, But... uh, and got Rue to come to the set to like, we've never seen that before. And we'll get to, like I said, we'll get to that again later. But I mean, this drama was, it was just, it's just the perfect personalities coming together to clash. And it's fun to watch it in the moment. I just wish that people would let it go online afterwards, because that does take some of the fun out of it. When you see what the Queens are going through afterwards and just people that are not able to separate TV from real life. But I thought that it was so much fun. I thought that it was, I mean, I really felt bad for Kahana because, you know, you get to that place where you're thinking, what else do I have to give? And Kahana opens up a little bit more about this in our interview coming up, but it really got to her. And uh, it was right whenever it started to get really, really bad for her is when Rue entered the workroom in a way, like I said, that we have never seen before. And she said that she was there to straighten shit out. She gathered the gals literally and figuratively. She told them that feelings are not facts and not to let feelings sabotage their success in life. And Kahana then agreed to stay. And we should also mention 
that Kahana was involved in some intense online drama with Heidi last week. And she said that this and the subsequent period after the show represented a really dark period for her. And again, we'll get to all of that with her later in this episode. So stay tuned for that. But Jillian, I mean, you know that my thoughts on RuPaul have varied over the years, especially when it comes to Ru on the panel. But this episode, I think, combined with her performance in the challenge, which again, we will get to later. But I thought that this episode was some of RuPaul's best hosting work of the entire series, um, this one episode. So what did, how did you feel about Ru doing this? Did it read to you the same way? Yeah, I, I loved it. I, I really loved everything about this entire confrontation leading up to it and then Rue's involvement. I mean, I wish she had stepped in to save Heidi from leaving, but that's another story. I know, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I do, yeah. I do love whenever we get RuPaul advice and even when they do like the, the Tic Tac lunches, I don't know, something about the last couple seasons, they haven't moved me in quite the same way. And I think it was probably because this last season, we just didn't get Rue even doing workroom walkthroughs as, as yeah. much because of the shortened episodes. And so maybe that took it away where I was like, oh, we already know, we've already heard about Anitra's family so many times. Is this really the first time Rue's hearing about it? And so mm-hmm. the advice like kind of hits different. Um, but yeah, I, I really loved this. But I mean, so going back to the confrontation, I... I this is like this is the kind of drama that I I live for. Like it's pretty low stakes. I mean, overall, other than when someone actually quits. Um, yeah. But Alexis made no sense to me here because she handed the security guard role over to Lala. I don't know if it's because she still is crushing on her or what. Like so easily without anything, just being like, oh yeah, you should do that. And then when Candy basically said the same thing, it was suddenly like a fight and like, oh no, Candy, like you can't just have it because you say you want it like the two ro- and then she tried to kind of i'm not going to use gaslight but you know try to tell candy that oh these two roles are the same so why don't and then candy was like yeah so why don't you do them if they're the same which was interesting and then alexis in her confessional made it seem like she was about to quit too because she's like i'm so emotional and sometimes i question if a competition setting is for me um so i really like thought that she was the one that was about to also call it in the trailer i remember too i thought and i argued yeah, to we you were, i was we like oh, it's alexis. Yeah. i was like it's alexis who looks like she's quitting yeah. and like candy says oh she's packing her bags and i do have to point out though that alexis did go on social media and say that the reason she was crying was not all necessarily because of the interaction with candy like she said that it I think the tweet said something like it wasn't what they made it look like I was crying about or something. So I just want everybody to. Has she divulged what she was crying about then? No, no. But I mean, the notes are being noted. (laughs) Yes. For future reference. (laughs) But when, when Kahana says this energy ain't it for me, um, you do notice that she says it right after Jimbo starts rubbing Alexis's chest and singing happy, happy in your heart, which I'm sorry, that, that energy ain't it for me either. If I saw two coworkers start doing that, I'm out of there. Um, but yeah, oh, I think. That was so funny. <laughs> I love that. It was so cute. Oh God. Cringe. I thought it was um, really cute. Uh, but yeah, RuPaul, I mean, I think I would say RuPaul tied with Lala as the winner of this episode in, in yes. all parts of it. Um, but we'll get absolutely more into and that. Candy answering the banana, <laughs> which we'll get to in a second. Oh yes, we oh, will. We will get so to that. Good. So I thought it was interesting that mm-hmm. 
we think of Rue as sort of being like removed from the personal side of the competition in many ways, because Rue only is in the workroom for those few quick moments and then is on only sees them on the panel after that. But I think Rue was letting it slip here that Rue probably is watching them a lot more than we think, because I don't believe that Alexis has ever cried in front of Rue. And Rue like turned and looked at Alexis during the Gather the Gals moment and was like, child, you've been crying all season. <laughs> Which I was like, okay, so Rue is clearly like sitting there watching everything go down too, which I thought was nice. Um, that it was like a little, you know, note of Rue is like, you know, mama's always watching, truly. So I, re- I really liked that Rue said that too. This was like brilliant hosting work on Rue's part. And it was the most, I think, engaged and invested we have seen rue in a very long time because i think that rue is doing i mean rue is a busy person and we love to see it uh i just think that sometimes you can maybe read that on the panel like and michelle too when michelle points out like oh rue had her coffee enema today and rue seems like really energetic and outgoing more so than usual so i it was just it was really nice to see rue get so excited and in there and like talk directly to the queens and give them that tough love energy that i think we saw more so in earlier seasons from rue so i i mean just rupaul brilliant episode brilliant episode she wants that emmy back she does well she got the emmy last year the show just didn't true okay um, so after this, things transitioned pretty quickly into the challenge itself. It just like went right into it, um, <laughs> which was hands and stink fingers down. I think we can agree the funniest acting challenge Drag Race has ever yes. done. I know we both yes. just loved it. Truly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 God, you know I love that SNL episode so much. So I guess yeah. this is just like probably a tie for me. But this is one of my favorite um, types of challenges, I guess, that they do in All Stars when they do. Normally, it was the what the fairy tale justice or Jersey justice courtroom improv half improv half acting. Yeah. Uh, we had oh yeah the, with the pigs and the wolf last year. Yeah, we've had the the. One where they oh the TMC challenge where they were like all yes. doing their little oh yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. sketches and then like in a yeah um so I, I love when they do things like this but this one to me the first thing that stuck out to me was I love that we got to see so many different locations it wasn't just all things with green screen like right. plugged into the back like this kitchen we've never seen before the office area with the plant. The, uh, j- the holding cell. The holding cell. Yeah, Candy's that little office on, on the Mac where she definitely <laughs> could not be playing Diablo 4, we know. Um, but <laughs> Sorry, Whoopi. We're trying to advance the cause for Whoopi. <laughs> yes. Um, so I loved, I loved that. And then, yeah, I think I didn't, until we started talking about it, I think I didn't fully understand if it was improv or scripted because some of it did seem kind of scripted but i think i mean i don't know like plenty of like filmmakers or even shows like do things like that like do like a little bit of a mix too so i think it it worked and maybe that's just stay tuned for kahana revealing what was improvised and what wasn't (laughs) okay good i mean maybe that's just props to the queens for being able to to really like fully embrace their characters that I was like, Oh, this must be fully scripted because when they're I in the workroom, Jessica was like, Oh, I have to put on my eyes now and figure out what the hell my character is. So yeah. they were still kind of plotting. 
I think that once I once I saw the challenge and then I I was questioning that too, you know, how much is improvised and because it didn't feel improvised, but then I started thinking, okay, they probably just gave them some sort of outline and then just let them run with the characters. Um, so I think it really is a testament to how well everybody did. And again, I will say this again for the 900th time, like we look at what this season has given us, the drama, Heidi quitting, Rue coming into the workroom, this challenge, which truly I think is the hardest I've ever laughed at a drag race challenge ever in the past 14 years. And, uh, just what has been going on with the voting and the drama online. And this season is just giving left and right. I don't understand why people are not into this season. This is, this is peak drag race this season to me. I've never been as excited about drag race as I have been for all stars eight every single week. I think that it is truly magnificent. And again, I know I referenced it a a few times this podcast so far, but and I texted Jillian. I was like giving Jillian live texts as I was going through this. That's how much I was into this challenge. And when Candy answered that goddamn banana, yeah. I audibly like cackled and I had to watch it like three times because I was like, this is so unserious. This is just drag queens being drag queens and whoever came up with the outline for this and but it's also doing what drag race does so well when it leans into its history in a really smart clever but just fucking stupid way and having them solve the fucking murder of little pound cake like it's just so good and jessica wilde and her speech about the guacamole and i mean it, jessica wilde was also like I think if it wasn't Lala winning, I think it should have been Jessica. I think the top two of this week were definitely Jessica and Lala. But Lala, as this security guard, it might be one of the best characters anybody has ever come up with in Drag Race history when she was asking for $5. <laughs> oh, yeah. From, the, from the second that Lala entered the frame on that golf cart, foot I was out, with it. like talking so chaotically that i couldn't tell if she was like speaking english or making up a language it was it was just perfection like she leaned into it so hard and i think this is like i wish that i hope that future people who are gonna do snatch game look at this challenge and they're like oh this is what it is like you just get a pick a character and then lean into it whoever it is and be so stupid and i think that it's also like the way, like Candy answering the banana phone, I think it worked because, like, she was also playing that so straight. And because she can act, that even though, you know, people are giving, I know some of the fans, capital F, are giving her a hard time for playing the Candy character, but even RuPaul said, I love the Candy character. Yeah, and these are, leave candy these alone, are their drag everybody. personas. So that's the thing I don't yeah. understand. Like, Candy the drag queen is already a character. So, like, that's fine. Put her in these different scenarios doing these things and, like, that's still like really fun to me and the way that like she played that and then Jessica too. And that's, I think why at first I didn't, I think Jessica might be the one who threw me the most of like, is this scripted or not? Because she was saying like a bunch of lines and I'm like, Oh, that must've been scripted. But then there were so many like Jessica isms, like in what yes. she was saying that I was like, that's did what she just, the most yeah. about her. I was like, at first I was like, did she kind of just flubber lines and just go for it? Or, and then I was like, no, I think she, I think they were just like, okay, just like, you just pretend you just found an EBT card in this person's drawer. Like, what would you like? How would you Hold talk about it? It was, yeah, it was just like, it was so good. And like, I think I appreciated Jessica's 
so much more the second time because you yes it's just you know you don't ever want them all playing it too straight but you also don't want them all going full jimbo or full lala because then it, it doesn't work either so yeah i think it was perfect yes this is one of those challenges where the first time you watch it you are just it washes over you with how it's like hitting you in the face with these funny things one after the other and you are just trying to take in all of the comedy and the brilliance of it. But then when you go back and you watch it again and you pick up on all of and you're paying attention more to like lines and structure and the, the, just the way that somebody like Jessica structured her, her, her lines was just, it was like she had written a script in her head with a beginning, middle and end, but it was, it, it felt to- like you could see in what she was saying that it was totally improvised and it was just, it was brilliant work all around. I, I just, I mean, Again, snaps and claps for uh, everybody involved, including Mama Ru mm-hmm. coming out, which I didn't. I didn't realize that was her until it had it did the uh, close up. At first, I was like, "Oh, I hope it's uh, Lanesha," but because it was far away. It was at far first, away at first. Yeah. Yes, because I was like, "Who?" At, at first, I, I was trying to see who it was too. I was like, "Wait a minute, I can't tell who that yeah. is." And then when it started to get closer, I was like, "Oh my fucking god, that's RuPaul!" And it was just fun. Like again, this was just fun to see RuPaul just having fun and yeah. doing that character and not being like you know stoic Tyra Banks RuPaul on the on the panel. Yeah. And it was just it was. But this, this is this is the challenge that we always see that from RuPaul. Like she like outside of the yeah. courtroom, like dressed as a troll, yes! dressed in the full. I don't can't remember what she was dressed as for the jersey one but it was something ridiculous i think like mm-hmm. you know joey nolfi like 20 chains kind of look um so i i do <laughs> love like this i don't know <laughs> for some reason this is the episode that rue always seems to like really love like loves yeah she is a good like improviser and actress so yes um, yes i love that she's in the queen season yeah. two we need it my only my only complaint about this whole thing was don't that even. i just what don't even what are, are you gonna sit on this challenge no i just i wanted to see alaska <laughs> and lanesha in some yes. capacity like it would have yes. been really, like i know i'm very i'm very happy that we saw so much of the flashback to them creating little pound cake but i would have really loved to have seen both of them make some kind of appearance well i th- i did just see right before we started recording um i completely forgot about this but alaska did tweet something about this so we have to go and check out what it is um but she tweeted <laughs> something it was like what really happened to little pound cake oh i saw um, this yeah and it was just her i mean alaska is the reference queen especially yeah. of her own her own references and show references and so yes and so she did tell us on our um i guess it was yeah all, or no the regular season five binge podcast recap that she had paid Lanesha because she knew that she wanted to like go all in on Lil Pound Cake. So she like yeah. paid for ownership or whatever, trademarking of it, sold these dolls, which I own and I'm obsessed Custody. with. And like has played played her again on All Stars um two, played her in music videos and like does Lil Pound Cake callbacks all the time. So And now Jillian Closet has full custody of Lil Pound Cake. Can we wait, Lil Pound Cake, what what is that Lil Pound Cake? Do you <laughs> <laughs> she's so cute thank you little pound cake happy to see that you're alive and well <laughs> but her, her so limb, we, she was being ripped limb for limb like even an untalked poor I know, little pound cake. i know but that that was really funny when lala ripped her arm <laughs> untucked, even untucked was giving this episode but the runway theme the runway theme was the only thing that i was like kind of like 
what? Like it just, it was like an odd theme. Cause I feel like once you give somebody parameters like that, the, I, I feel like when drag race has the worst runway is when they give Queens parameters that, you know, everybody's going to go super obvious with. And I think that this was one of them, but the, cause the theme was pageant winners it was like an oddly literal approach um, for everyone. And that's not necessarily their fault because I think that this prompt was like sort of prompting them to do something very, very literal um, except Alexis who came out dressed as a jock strap. <laughs> okay. I really um, didn't get this though, because why are you a horny man pig jock strap, but also you peed like there's you're a urine stained jock strap. Like I'm Jillian. so horny. I had to pee. Jillian. What? Oh, no. Jillian, do you want me to? Yeah. I'm going to have to explain things to you on this podcast. There's some people that like to be peed on, Jillian. <laughs> it's okay. called being a pig. Well, and that's why she was um, queen. What was it? Queen. Uh, what man, was her title? Man pig. Oh, so it, yes, it was a man that's what pig, being a but pig a piss. Is. I thought, so a piss pig is a man pig? I thought a man yes, pig was called, just like you're you overly horny. Pig. Are we cutting this out? No, Jillian. <laughs> No, we are not getting this out. Jillian, education. Okay. I didn't realize those were the same. But that is like, yes, there is like people, like when you're a pig, you like dirty stuff, like literally dirty stuff. So that's why her bottom of her dress was stained in yellow. And I believe if you look up when she said on the runway, she said she was doing her hanky code. And if you look up what the color of the red hanky in the left pocket means, like, I think that's what she was trying to say. So that's why she was a jockstrap and she had pee on her and then had the hanky because she was like looking for real dirty, nasty, like stuff. Okay. So great job then. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Great job. (laughs) Well, I do. Speaking of great jobs, though, I truly wish this is one of those moments when, I mean I always wish Nisha Lopez is around because I just think that she is so funny but if you did you see on Twitter what she said she wanted to do for this runway what she said she, she wanted brought, to do yes she brought her Miss Continental sash and gown that she wore and she wanted and she was going to wear it on the runway and she said that they wouldn't let her okay but I mean then she would have just been Miss Continental which is just something she's been that is such a flex. Are you kidding me? That would have been so amazing to if Nasha Lopez just walked down the runway in her Miss Continental dress with her Miss Continental sash and crown. That would have been so amazing. Hmm. Okay. I would I think I would have been disappointed. <laughs> I think her Fame Games look was better with the shades. <laughs> Jilly, I'm not saying no, I'm not saying like that's not one of those things like aesthetically. I don't think it would have been like, oh yes, the look, but like the flex that that would have been, that would just would have been so epic to see her do that. But they apparently she said on Twitter that they wouldn't let her do it. Um okay, Jilly and fuck my drag title um closet. <laughs> uh another interesting thing was Candy went online and talked about this as well. She had a really brilliant self-referential outfit too that was the glow up of her backpack look on season 13, complete with her pageant title of Miss Arrogant, referencing her Let Me Be Arrogant quote from Untucked. And the judges just did not get it. And Candy later again tweeted confusion over this, but it all ended with Kahana and Alexis in the bottom and Lala re-rightfully winning this challenge and the lip sync against our sweet little Georges and ultimately sending... Her good friend Kahana home after Kahana's fourth time in the bottom. I, Jillian, do you think gauging just this challenge alone, do you think the right queen went home? 
if I were basing it just on this challenge, I yeah, I probably would have sent Alexis home. But I also didn't understand her pageant look at the time, so I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know. Like, I guess it. I. I. I could see it going either way. If I were Lala. I don't know. Do I keep someone who just hands me rolls or whatever and talks about having a crush on me all the time? Maybe that's a smart move. I hope that Alexis – well, Alexis can't I – th- I think in the preview for next week, it shows her saying to Lala, oh, remember I gave you that role or something like that. But then Lala just saved her ass, so I don't think that Lala owes her anything. Um I don't, Well, I don't if know. we ever have Alexis on this podcast again – First of all, I'm asking her to make you a personalized voice note explaining her every single detail of this gown to you. Okay, well, I have a contra- I have maybe a controversial opinion then, because um, <sighs> something I'm going to bully you about. Well, may- well, maybe I don't know, but well, because I have been thinking this a lot because Alexis is really playing up like how horny she is, like this this whole season. Um, and I guess like, okay, so if we're like how we, we were just talking about candy, like if we're thinking about these, these as their drag characters, which I know that every drag queen is different. Some people really do consider this their character. Some people it's just like part of them, whatever. Um, like I guess the way that I see the Alexis Michelle character, I see it, I see her as a, a, a an entity that is different than Alexis Michelle out of drag talking about how horny she is. Um, And so something about like, like Alexis Michelle, the drag queen, I never quite see it this way. Like I'm like, okay, this person that's like a a theater queen. And I I don't know, like there's some kind of disconnect in my head then, even with this jockstrap, like I'm a pig with a red hanky, like out of drag Alexis. Yeah, I totally see it for you. But there's something about, in drag Alexis that it's it's not clicking for me. Like whenever she's playing the overly horny person that we've seen some Queens have like have as their character. Um, I I don't know. I thought about that. I think that it, I think if Alexis is, you know, sees the opportunity to take that part of herself out of drag and put it into her drag. I think that it's just, cause I always look at it, and, you know, doing so many interviews with them, I, I hear, I think, more often than not that, yes, it is, there is, quote unquote, a character element to what they're doing, but it's not, it's like what Rue always says, drag doesn't, what's the quote, drag uh, drag doesn't cover up who you are, it reveals who you are. Mm. So I think that a lot of this is not necessarily a character, it's just embellished versions of the person underneath the literal costumes and makeup and glitz. Mm -hmm. So I think that I don't necessarily look at it as, you know, because Alexis is good at doing these theater sort of roles and, and she's a theater queen and she loves that. And we know her as Liza and, you know, doing all of this stuff. Um, but I think that if Alexis then she's still the person underneath that so what you're seeing when Alexis is in drag is a heightened version of Alexis out of drag so it did I don't feel that same disconnect um I think that it's I, I, I but I but that's not just specific to Alexis for me that's with all of them that's why I think I'm a little bit maybe 
more open to people doing things outside of the whatever is air quotes normal for them. So yeah, I don't, I don't know that I read that same disconnect. I think the look itself was odd. Uh, I don't think it was bad, but I think it was, it was odd placed next to the other looks on the runway. Um, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. And I just did like the top half wasn't reading jockstrap necessarily to me. Um, like the half but, that literally had the, the word on it. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I like when I say reading, it didn't look like a jockstrap to me. Mm. It, it, I knew that that's what it was supposed to be. Cause that's what she said, but it didn't necessarily like, I think it might've been, had something to do with the color next to the, <laughs> next to the, the part. <laughs> Um, that I think she tried to match her skin tone to that. So mm-hmm. it just kind of looked a little bit different, but I think it was, yeah, I was thinking outside the box and I appreciated, like I said, that she was the only one I think to do something that wasn't what you would expect somebody to do on this runway. Candy too. I think Candy did something a little bit. I, I did not clock that at all until you, you just said it. And I also, I, I thought her backpack look was so good. So I don't Me think too. it needed a glow up and I don't know if I would call this a glow up of it. I think- I don't know. I totally missed that reference, but yeah. I also like somebody saying somebody online said, I think it was at Angeria who was like, is Michelle going to read Rue for wearing a bodysuit <laughs> and her you butt work? Yeah. I was like, why? okay, that was my biggest, <laughs> like my only criticism of the whole episode. I wanted Alaska and Lanesha and I don't understand why Rue's thing said U-B-T-T instead of U-B-T-R because that's the same amount of letters. It made more sense saying you better work, but I like that it said you better work. Well, I look forward to, Jillian, the next time I get into your car, you having that license plate, but corrected (laughs) with an R, you better work on the back of it. But all in all, I think, yeah, it was, I mean, Kahana, it was her fourth time in the bottom and it was as sad as it was to see her go. I think, yeah, track record, it, it, I, I think it made sense that it was her time to go. I think Wait, I think I missed. Her, but... I missed the voting in Untucked. How did the other people vote? Uh, they all voted for Kahana. Oh, they did. Okay, yeah. So it's just yeah. It, it, it is weird seeing that flip flop between yeah. last week and then this week. Um, Kahana talks a little bit about this too in the interview coming up, but she also says there was some secret alliance array going on and she is kind of giving a breakdown of who's who in the alliance, which led me to just being like, wait, so basically everybody in the whole season is in an alliance. Yeah. Like, that's, that's not an alliance. That's not how it's you just, work. Cause she, she started, I realized halfway through, she's like naming literally everybody in the whole cast who's left. And I was like, wait, God, that means everybody's in an alliance. And she was like, yeah, I guess that means nobody's in an alliance. Yeah. So, uh, she says that more eloquently or how to put it, what did Lala say? Eloquent. Eloquently. <laughs> yes, she says it more eloquently in our interview. I'm trying. There's traffic. Well, beep beep bitches, our road raging tour continues down the Las Vegas Strip as we chat with our dearly departing queen, Kahana Montrese, about having one of the best glow-ups in Drag Race Herstory, where her relationship stands with Heidi and Closet, a reveal about the secret alliancery going on this season, and what Mother Coco thought of her Snatch Game performance. It is all coming up, so buckle up, buttercups. <laughs> Hey, 
everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's Quick Drag True Crime Investigation Podcast, because just like she tried to get to the bottom of who committed a felony against Lil Poundcake on this week's episode of All Stars 8, we are here to crack the case on another crime that was the elimination of my next guest, who truly had one of the best season-to-season glow-ups in Drag Race history. I mean that with every fiber of my being. Please welcome the always lovely Vegas beauty, Kahana Montrese. Hey, Kahana, how are you? Hey, what an introduction. <laughs> yes, it is an introduction fitting for a queen. This elimination, I mean, it hurts. You were just so wonderful on this whole season on the runway and in the, and I truly mean it when I say you had one of the best season to season glow ups. Um, it truly was just incredible. So I hope you're happy with what you did on the show. Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's funny because. I, I definitely felt that, you know, within myself, like going back, I felt like a brand new person. And that's why, like, I really wanted to go to All-Stars. My original season, I was so, like, just in my head about who I was, what I wanted to show. And this time, it truly was me. Everything that you guys saw, like, was so much hard work that I put in to not only find myself, but just, like, even my aesthetic. So I just was so happy that I got to show you know, everyone who I really am and my drag because I didn't get that opportunity on season 11. Yeah. Well, I'm, and we are all the better for it, getting to see it and just the, the elevation and the looks that you did, but there, there's some other things and I just want to, get it out of the way first and talk about some of the more difficult things just to make sure we smooth over some of it because I know it's been a tough week for you. I mean, you had a very public falling out with Heidi. I, I'm just curious as to how this all sort of escalated and where your relationship stands with Heidi now, if you've had a chance to talk with her privately. Um. Yeah. So, you know, um, before, before everything went down, um, a lot of people don't know, but we were actually pretty close. So, I um, did a viewing party at Roscoe's and, you know, we were just going over like things that happened in the episode and what I felt happened as to her exit. And even though, you know, um, you know, I, I just don't even want to like talk negative on the situation anymore because I don't want to give it any more energy. Yeah. But just to like sum it up, you know, I was just telling my experience and I truly believe everybody is entitled to like have their voice heard and you know, there was a lot of things that just wasn't, um, I, I, I wasn't able to speak up about. So that, like, that was the first time I spoke up about it. And it just kind of just went left. And I really, if I'm being completely honest, I really think it just is a huge, like, misunderstanding and, like, communication with me and her. But, mm-hmm. like I said, I stand by, like, my experience. And I'm a thousand percent sure she stands by her. You know, yeah. like, we all have our own, like, you know, perceptions when we're, when we're, you know, in competition mode. Right. So, um, that's what all that was, but you know what? I, 
I did reach out to her privately and I apologize because at the end of the day, like I don't condone any, any type of violence, anything like that. And, you know, I was definitely in my feels because it was a lot going on, you know, and just to like, feel like my voice was being silenced. I was like a, a crab just like fighting to like, you know, have my presence be seen. And, um, I, I really feel like, you know, there has to be a healthy balance of saying what you need to say and, you know, just not, not ruffling feathers. And, yeah. and I, I, owe my, I owe my part that I played in and I'm, I mean, I'm in a good place with, you know, where, where we are now. Cause we talked about it. We, we moved on and I wish her the best. And I truly, 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 truly mean that because she is a great queen, you know? Mm-hmm. So and how I feel about like that situation has nothing to do with how I feel about who she is. Right. So, and I, I am so glad to hear that. I think that it's always, you know, we see things play out on the show and then on social media. And I always think it's so important when, you know, these contestants speak the human side of this. And you said that you were able to reach out to her. You're in a good place. That makes me so happy to hear that. And I understand, you know, why you don't want to go into the sort of specifics of the negativity of it. I do want to ask you. I I just just believe, you know, you got to give energy to the things that are positive. And if I, if we agree that, you know, we're going to move on, let it go. I'm I'm not going to give any more energy to that. Like it played out. You guys thought all very public and, um, I'm, I'm just going to leave that where it is in the past. Yeah. Oh, no, that makes total sense. And I just I just want to ask you about one thing that I, I saw that you okay. said afterward, um, just because I think it might play into what was going on with your mindset on the show as well, because you okay. said that you felt like you were silenced and not taken seriously and you reached a breaking point and that it, this has been a sort of dark period for you. So I'm just wondering if you're comfortable, uh, if you can maybe elaborate if there's something that's going on um maybe with you personally if you feel comfortable if you don't by all means you don't you don't yeah, have to i'm just wondering since you tweeted that yeah i i feel like it, it's not even so much any contestant's fault but i i just was in like this place of you know giving my best in what i presented and i was so happy even in the the times that i was in the bottom you know joey i was so happy with what I did on the show, because let me tell you, the old Kahana couldn't even imagine even trying to do those challenges. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was so happy. And just to see that I've gotten a lot of backlash because, you know, for, you know, whatever reason, Ruth saw something in me and just decided that I could stay. And people saying like, I should have went home. It, it really got to me because mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. I, I, I was very honest with my abilities. I knew I wasn't no actor, but guess what? RuPaul called me to do Drag Race, so guess what? I'm going to take my non-acting ass on that show, and I'm going to struggle. <laughs> Every second challenge, I'm going to do what I need to do to get this check. You hear me? So <laughs> let, me tell, let me tell you, I was having fun. Even when I was in the bottom, I was just so happy to be there. And I honestly... I just wanted that to come across. So I feel like some people take the show too, a little too serious and don't see the fun in it. You know, like we, we none of us are perfect. And I showed that like, yes, I, I take my aesthetic very serious, but when it comes to drag, it is literally just fun for me. I don't take any of this serious. Yeah. 
No, and I, I, I think I'm glad that you mentioned you said nobody's perfect because I think the case though can be made, the argument can be made that your looks on the runway this season were the closest oh. to perfect that we can get because it was just week after week, just jaw on the floor. I mean, I remember I told you when we did that first interview last year that all of your sisters were saying that you had the best package on the runway. And I think we can finally see now that that is true. You really did have some amazing looks. Um, I just thought it was... You know, and I know you posted a little bit about this too, but I just thought it was so odd that there are some people that are somehow pointing out that consistency in the showgirl aesthetic is like a bad thing because I think every look is great. It's really funny to me because, you know, I, if I'm being honest, I just feel like those people who are saying it never saw it for me in the first place. And I have to remind myself that none of that matters because you can't make somebody live for you if they just don't. And I'm not going to change who I am to accommodate whatever you like. Like, I, it took me years to find what my drag is, and I love it. I'm not changing a damn thing. Good. I look sickening. Yeah. I look sickening. And I know, <laughs> I know my drag is good. So you better tell me, if it is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? And that's just my thing. I knew exactly what I wanted to look like. I knew exactly what my strong suit was. And you damn right, I'm going to be a showgirl because guess what? I'm on the Las Vegas trip five nights a week. I'm going to Thank you. Me. Thank you. Hello. Hello. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, you are uh, making your coin on the Vegas trip. That sure. is like, I mean, uh, th- th- if you're a showgirl, that's exactly where you need to be. The people in Vegas do not complain. They, they be throwing the dollars. You hear me? <laughs> Yeah, I exactly. You can wipe up people's tears with your $100 bills. Yes! Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so this, well, speaking of tears, I mean, there were a few in the workroom this week. Uh, I mean, you did see him at the beginning of the episode. Uh, we saw almost what happened with Heidi repeat again. You said this yeah. energy isn't for me. And you did decide in the moment. Like, I mean, when you started packing your shit, I was like, oh, God. So what did you mean, though, when you said the energy ain't it? Um, what was sort of going on in that moment that made you say that? You know, um, I I was really going through it at that moment because I was starting to feel I was really feeling like I kind of overstayed my welcome. I'm going to be honest. And when everything had happened with James um, leaving and, you know, me staying, I could feel like, you know, maybe not everybody wanted that. And it really got to me because I was just like, you know what? Here I am my third time in the bottom and it's another acting challenge and what what else could i possibly give like i gave my all in the rusical in a performing challenge something that i'm great at and i was in the bottom so how can i possibly shine and you know um give anything anything more and i was really struggling with that and then on top of just what was going on you know with candy and alexis i just was kind of at my point because i was just like i don't I don't know if I should still be here. You know, I was really feeling that even though I really felt I gave a hundred, but I just was like, I, I don't know if I have anything else to give. And, um, I snapped myself out of it. Cause at the end of the day, it doesn't even matter if I, you know, w- was doing that or whatever. I was still there. And I, I didn't see that blessing and just being there still. Like there was girls who wanted to be there. And I had to look at that and like, it don't matter. 
Yeah. I'm here being this moment. I worked so hard to get to this place. Season 11, Kahana would look at me and slap the shit out of me from one movie. <laughs> it was crazy. So I, I got out of it really quick. But in that moment, I, I, I'm being honest, I just was more hard on myself because I was just like, damn, Kahana, like, you're giving everything. Mm-hmm. So that, that's just where I was. Well, was there anybody, because I know we did see, I'm glad you brought up that last week it, it did, because I, I think even James said that she sort of expected just if everybody was voting based on track record, she thought that she was uh-huh. safe. So was there a conversation or did did people tell you we're going to vote to keep you over James? And who do you think the following week because you said you just said in your in your other answer, you said that you felt maybe like some people didn't think that you belonged there, but everybody voted for James over you. So what made you think that um, I, the queen, the queens were very supportive. Um, yeah. it, it wasn't that um, I just I really feel like there was just um, with, with the James situation. I ooh, it, it was it was a lot. It was a lot to it with the Rusical. I gave a thousand percent and a lot of the girls were very supportive in thinking that I did really good. A lot of them yeah. said to me on set behind behind the scenes, like they thought I was gonna be safe or at least win. You know, a lot of the girls thought my number was really good. So it just I don't think it was anything as far as like them playing strategy. I just thought they felt I was really good, if I'm being honest. That was it. My runway, they liked it and they, it wasn't like, oh, I'm begging to stay. No, they thought I just did good. That was it. It yeah. was no team behind that. It was no, well, let's use that alliance. I promise you. It was none of that. Not for that elimination, at least. Okay, wait. So are there, is there secret alliance or going on? <laughs> I feel like, yeah, there's like, I mean, y'all know about the Jimbo Heidi candy. Yeah. I believe Alexis had a, an alliance with somebody. Who? I don't know about her alliance. I just know about, I know she had one, but um, I know Lala and Heidi had one. Yeah. It was a lot of alliances going on. Did Kahana have any secret alliances? Girl, no, because the girl who I was in alliance with didn't get me out. Wait, Lala? Yeah, me, Lala, Candy, Heidi, and Jimbo had one i feel like everybody that i asked this question to now is just naming everybody in the cast the entire cast is just in an alliance it It was definitely no alliance going on it was just like girl we got to protect ourselves till we get the top that's that's what it was well you know you can't blame girls they want to stay we want to win it's like two hundred thousand dollars. what you mean i'm gonna gonna make any kind of side bet to stay right right yeah i i just wonder how far along into the process of leaving you actually got and was it it was the conversation with rue that changed your mind like how like how how close were you to actually leaving oh i had packed my stuff and everything i was yeah because i just i really felt so defeated i felt like there was nothing that i don't know i just i did i didn't see anything else that i could do that would change because especially after the challenge before, I really felt in my heart of heart that I was going to, you know, finally get my redemption from being in the bottom. And and that just yeah. didn't happen. So I, I was just like, oh, you know, well, let, let me just go because I already know. 
this is gonna be it. But um, I'm, I'm so glad I stayed because <laughs> I would have looked back and fully regretted it. Fully regretted it. Yeah. No, I'm glad that you stayed too because I think that this challenge, this acting challenge, truly, I think is hands down my favorite acting challenge that Drag Race has ever done. I laughed from beginning to end. I have now watched oh. it three times on my screener. It is so what? funny. Oh, it's so funny. I think that it is hilarious. Um, And I think, again, this is a case of, as has been happening a lot this season, where I don't think that anybody did poorly. I I just yeah. I think that this cast is operating at just a different level. And that, that was another reason why I was so glad I stayed, because I would have never gotten the opportunity to see right. that I can act, and that I actually can learn something and grow. So, I don't, I don't know if you feel this way, but I definitely felt that was the best acting that I was able to give this season. And I was so happy. My elimination, there was no tears with me. I was so happy because I looked back and I was like, I did really good in this challenge. Yeah. And I gave it my all. I was so happy. And it was funny. I had so much fun with Rue. I had so much fun with the girls, like just playing around. It was one of the most fun times I had on set. So... I was so happy with it. And I I would have robbed myself of that experience had I left. But yeah. No, and I'm so glad that you got to be part of this. Um I, I did I will say as much as I enjoyed it, I thought when I heard improv challenge I was expecting something a little bit different. So I'm I'm wondering from to, if I could hear from you of what parts you actually improvised because it it seemed more like a like it was like a filmed sort of short film. Um so what parts of it were improvised for you? So they kind of, they, well, they, they gave us like a basis of what the character personality is. Like an outline. Exactly. An outline of like, okay, okay this is going to be the scene, but whatever you say, that's you. So we improv our line and we like, you know, stayed in the, the story, but we were a, we had free range of like what we could say and do as long yes. as it went with the story. So <laughs> that was so much fun for me. Like I was just like, oh, okay. I, I don't like this little pound cake, so I got to take all my anger out from the competition <laughs> on this little pound cake, and I was having fun. When I tell you, I was like, on this little pound cake, you gonna get it for me, girl. I was having a good old time. Yes, no, it definitely and seems I, I like it. I carried away because I could remember looking at her, and I just was seeing fire, and I'm like, why am I mad at this doll? <laughs> <laughs> But I was in character. Yes. I was in my Holly Berry era. Oh yes. Oh, we love to see it. We love to see it. Um, <laughs> the the last thing I want to ask you, Kahana, before we go, um, is uh, you know we know you did Mother Coco for Snatch Game. Um, how did she? What what was her reaction when she finally saw it? You know, she was actually a lot more <laughs> supportive than I thought. I thought she was going to disown me, take the last name back. Oh, no. Like, oh, girl. But no, she actually was, like, really supportive. She was like, it was actually really good. She was like, you just had one joke that I was like, oh, God, no, that was terrible. But Which one? <laughs> um, I don't, I think it was the filter one. I don't, I don't remember. But once she was like, oh, God, don't you ever say that again. But <laughs> she was happy with it. And I was with, I remember like when I got back from filming, I called her immediately and I said, please do not disown me. Do not be mad. And she was like, oh God, she thought it's going to be a lot worse than it wasn't. I mean, it, it, was, it was bad, but it, it was definitely a lot better than what, you know, um, she thought it was going to be. 
Hana, I will say this. You, I, I think that you're too hard on yourself. I think that, you know, the Snatch Game, I said this even on this podcast a few weeks ago that like, I think that your performance, I don't think anybody did bad in the Snatch Game. I laughed at your jokes. I think that you are just one, wonderful. You are so wonderful. You did so well on this season. I think you have so much to be proud of and, you know, a placement. And as you proved last time on season 11, a placement on a TV show means nothing about your worth. You are going to have a wonderful career as you have had. So um, I can't wait to see what you do after the show. And I can't thank you enough for your time. Oh, thank you, Joey. It was a pleasure. After all of that, becoming drag racing kings of the Los Angeles streets, we have since come to our senses and realized that the only form of transportation we belong on after all is the SS Muse. I just want to borrow. Baby, we are on the SS. <laughs> we are on the SS Muse. As we bask in this gorgeous sun that is Sasha Colby's gift from drag heaven above, we realize that this gift too will set on this season of Drag Race soon. But we thank you for tuning in for another recap. And we ask that you join us again next week for another interview. You can tell Joey wrote this for me to say because, first of all, I hate the sun with a burning passion and avoid it at all costs. I don't know what the hell it's saying. All I want to say is please subscribe to our feed and see you next Taco Tuesday, bitch. Until then, <laughs> have, have an, an eloquent, eloquent night. night. And also a blessed one. Quick Drag is hosted and produced by Joey Nolte and Jillian Cedarholm, produced and edited by Sammy Junio, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson. It's weather. Cloudy weather. Ooh. Everyone, energy, I am now going to read the hate comment that I got accusing me of bullying Jillian Closet, but I'm going to do it as Jimbo in this challenge. <clears throat> EW's quick drag, so cringing to listen to. Joey's toxicity and passive-aggressive bullying towards Jillian said is evident and uncomfy to us listeners. Cringy and certainly not fit to co-host. Hopefully Jillian said can find a better partner and stinkfinger. <laughs>